Luke, beginning at verse 67, because the public ministry of Jesus is introduced by a relative, a man named John the Baptist, it's not surprising that the birth of Jesus is introduced by John's father and mother. Luke begins focusing, as he looks at the birth of Jesus through Mary, he begins by focusing on Elizabeth, Mary's relative, and Elizabeth's husband, a priest named Zechariah. After his baby John is born, he'll grow up to be John the Baptist. Zechariah bursts forth in praise, and this is the focus of our text this morning, Luke 1:67. And his, that is John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. When the sun rose this morning, did you give any specific thought? to how absolutely necessary the sun is to your existence. Yet it's 93 million miles away from us, but without the sun, we're in an awful lot of trouble. Why should you remember the importance of the sun? Because the sun tells you how desperate you are for Jesus Christ. Notice how Zechariah tells us the sunrise, the sun, is like Jesus. Verse 28. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. This is one of the many descriptions Zechariah supplies for us in this beautiful prophecy. I want you to think of them as a beautiful bouquet of flowers that he's picked from the Old Testament, very specific images of Jesus given to draw us to Jesus, to his beauty. Look at the different flowers that are in the prophecy. I'm not going to speak about all of them. You have salvation. You have redemption, forgiveness, light, mercy, deliverance from our enemies, and this last one, sunrise. And they, they compose a bouquet of graces 
that tell you about Jesus Christ, that you might know him, cherish, and be drawn to Jesus. So I'm just going to pick one of those flowers this morning. Jesus, the sunrise visiting us from on high, and we want to look at that flower. We want to study it, smell it, become intoxicated with its beauty, and find it radically changing us. The fact that Jesus is called a sunrise, or an allusion to the sun, means the sun itself is a parable. It tells us what God is like. It tells us what salvation is like. Jesus is God. Jesus is our salvation. So the sun tells us what Jesus is like and what his salvation is like. So those are the two main points. The first The sunrise or the sun is like God. So let's compare them. First, the sun is vital. It's indispensable, essential to human life. No one lives on earth without the sun. Likewise, God tells us in his word that he is the source of all life. He gives life and breath to all things. In him we live and move and have our being. And just as somewhere on earth there has always been a sunrise in earth history, so God is present all the time, all over his earth. So the sun is essential to your existence, but I do want to point this out. You're different from the sun, and that should deliver you from any notion that you can make God in your own image. You're not the sun. I'm not the sun. We're not anything like the sun. And yet, there's a proclivity in the heart of human beings to fashion God after their own liking. Look how Israel is rebuked in Psalm 50, beginning at verse 19. God says, you give your mouth free reign for evil. Your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your neighbor. You slander your own mother's son These things you have done, and I, the Lord, have been silent. You thought that I was one like yourself. That God hadn't immediately judged evil behavior, led people to conclude they were at license or liberty to make God something they wanted God to be. No, we are utterly dependent, as we are on the sun, for God to reveal himself, God to shine a from, through his word to us, what he is like. Second thing, that the, the, the God is like the sun, or the sun is like God. The sun is also unapproachable. You can't look at it without burning your eyes. No one's ever sending the space shuttle to the sun. So too God is holy. He's a consuming fire, and we're too unholy for his presence. Think back of the Exodus. God draws his people to that mountain in Exodus 19. And he, t- he tells the leaders, hey, put a fence around the mountain. Nobody can come near. They'll be consumed by the glorious presence of God. This is why the Apostle John, when he has a revelation of Jesus Christ in Revelation 1, we're told that Jesus' face was shining like the sun in full strength. John fell on his face and worshipped him. And yet Jesus is the sunrise that we can see. In Jesus, God has come near and God is safe. John writes in his first letter, what we have seen with our eyes, what we've handled, what we've touched, 
what we've heard. God in Jesus is the sunrise they can put their hands on, literally. So on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John have a vision of, of Jesus. The veil of his humanity is peeled back. They see Jesus in all of his divine glory. And it's said he was transfigured before him, before them, and his face shone like the sun. Third comparison. The sun is like God. God is like the sun. We can see the sun's effects without seeing it. It's pretty cloudy today. I think if you went outside, you'd have a hard time spotting exactly where the sun is. But nonetheless, you know the sun is there because it's bright outside. You can go to a place on the earth that's been scorched by the burning hot sun. You don't need to see the sun to know the sun has taken effect drying out the earth. So too we can see the effects of what God is doing without actually seeing God himself. And where is that most evident in our lives? In you. You see the effect of God when he changes human hearts. You know how he transforms you? By a spirit. How principally? When you experience his tender mercy. Verse 78. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. And Jesus, in his tenderness, his compassion, has come not giving us what we deserve, but taking the judgment for our sins upon himself so that he can give us mercy and not hold those sins against us and deal with us in grace and love, tenderness and kindness. Jesus has come to earth to experience all of the frailty and weakness of human flesh. Jesus feels the full range of all human suffering and sorrow and to a deeper extent than any of us ever could. God has to be tender with you and me because we're frail. We're so easily broken. We're so easily fractured. That's what unbelief and pride does to human hearts. It makes them very brittle. One of the images God gives of his Old Testament people when they were in rebellion against him is that you are stiff-necked. See, stiff-necked, stiff things break easy. So mercy, rightly understood, will make your heart humble. It'll make it gentle, it'll make it confident, it'll make it bold. You'll know that that tender mercy has visited you and Jesus because you have a new zeal for righteousness. You become amazingly generous, other-centered, less critical. So, beloved, examine your heart. Does it look like the sun-scorched earth? Does it feel dry? Does it feel lifeless? Yeah, that happens to all of us periodically. What's your heart like? If you're feeling today like your heart is scorched, pray this prayer from Ephesians 5, 14. Awake, sleeper, Paul writes. Rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. Ask Jesus by his Spirit to shine the light of his presence, the warmth of his love, the tenderness of his grace, into your heart. Ask him to revive your heart, to renew your heart, to flood life into your heart, to pour living water into your heart, and he most certainly will. 
another comparison. We're looking at this comparison. The sun is like God. And the uh, next comparison is the sun is good. It's a source of joy. You're playing an outing tomorrow. You're checking the weather. And you see the little icon, a full sun. You're absolutely delighted because you want to have the sun shining when you go outside for your outing. But the sun is not a person. It's not to be worshipped. A couple of instances in the Old Testament looks like the Jews were tempted to worship the sun. No, the sun is a ball of fire. We're to worship a person. Jesus, the sunrise visiting us from on high, is a person worthy of all worship. So let's compare him to the sun. Like the sun, which by its light helps us make sense of things, Jesus makes sense of God. He explains the Father. Like the sun, through its light, warms us. So Jesus warms our hearts by his love. In fact, your heart can burn under that love if the Holy Spirit is giving you a gripping understanding of the scriptures as the two men on the road to Emmaus experienced. Like the sun, which makes things grow, so being united to Jesus, we grow progressively by the work of the Spirit in conformity to his image and bear fruit for his glory. Like the sun, which by its light exposes the enemy, the image of the, the, the night watchman can't wait for daylight because then danger is exposed. Like the sun, so Jesus exposes the lies of the enemy by his word. He has the power to cast the enemy out of people that have become demon-possessed. Like the sun, which illumines our path so we can see where to walk, so Jesus is the word of God, a light to our path, a lamp to our feet. Like the sun, which which draws things to itself, boys and girls, science, fifth grade, seventh grade. What's the technical term we use of the sun? That plants have a leaning towards the sun. Boys and girls, what's that word? Say it out loud for mom and dad. Phototropism, that's the word. You put a plant on a windowsill, it's going to lean towards the sun. The sun has this ability to draw things to it. So Jesus, the light of the world, will draw the nations back to God where they belong. Isaiah 60, 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This is Jesus. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. And what's the result of that? The nations will come to your light, kings to the brightness of your rising. Jesus is the only Savior who can draw all the nations to himself and they all bow their knee before him and hail his matchless name. Like the sun, which reveals against the darkness of light, the way things are, you hear this thundering sound in the middle of the night and what's out in the woods, what we don't know, the sun comes up, oh, that's what it was, a big branch fell, now we know what it was. So Jesus is the light shining in the darkness to expose what we are like. <laughs> he exposes what we are like. The light shines through Christ so you can know what you're really like and see yourself clearly. That's very important and helpful because we have an uncanny ability to hide from ourselves our worst selves. We tend to think our way is the right way. That's, when we, that's why you tend to fashion yourself 
more righteous than you really are and less sinful than you really are. Jesus is the sunrise before whom we see we are not what God made us to be or what God made us to do. Love him with our whole hearts. He's the man who did that flawlessly every second of his existence. So it's, this is why the following verse in our text shows one of the purposes of the sunrise. The sunrise from on high shall visit us, Zechariah, Zechariah goes on in his prophecy, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Now you may be wondering, from where does Zechariah get all this imagery? Zechariah is conflating two Old Testament themes to help us understand Jesus. The entire Old Testament is about Jesus. Jesus himself made that clear to us. But Zechariah has really his focus on two major themes he's bringing together in his prophecy about his son John's coming ministry, the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And those two Old Testament themes that Zechariah has in mind are this. One, the, how the Old Testament anticipates his son John's ministry. And number two, how the Old Testament foresees Jesus is the light of the world. Let me just show you the scripture verses related to each of those. How, Jesus, how the Old Testament anticipates his son John the Baptist's ministry. Isaiah 40, verse 3. A voice cries out, In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The New Testament tells us that is John the Baptist's voice. That's his mission. Zechariah had also studied the last book of the Old Testament, the prophet Malachi, Malachi 3.1. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Zechariah understood that verse to be a foretelling of the coming ministry of his son, John the Baptist. A couple of chapters later, Malachi 4 repeats this theme. Verse 5, Behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord. Jesus tells his disciples in the gospel that this Elijah figure is, in fact, John the Baptist. These verses then supply, uh, and it is actually there in Malachi, chapter 4, verse 2, that Zechariah gets this image of Jesus as the sunrise. Malachi 4, verse 2. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. The ministry of his son John. Something about the sunrise coming. This is gonna, why he's going to understand John is going to be born to announce the coming of Jesus, the sunrise from on high. And the second Old Testament theme that John is bringing together in this wonderful prophecy is how the Old Testament foresees Jesus as the light of the world. Isaiah 9, 2. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine upon them. A clear allusion to Jesus, the light of the world. Isaiah 60, beginning at verse 1. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, deep darkness the people's. That's symbolism for alienation from God, inner psychological dysfunction, futility, despair, hopelessness. If you say, honestly, I don't think I know God, and those are the things that I feel in my heart, hopelessness, despair, dysfunction, futility, 
That could be because Jesus, the light of the world, hasn't shown into your heart to bring the knowledge of him as Savior yet. That's our first point. We're looking at the Son as a parable. It tells us what God is like, and it tells us what our salvation is like. Let's transition then to number two. The sunrise, or the sun, is like our salvation. Verse 77, as John is pointing to Jesus, uh, as, as, uh, we, when we get into the New Testament, we see that John the Baptist points to Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So it's not surprising that his father, thinking about uh, John's ministry in the future, verse 77, he would come to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. So the sunrise is like your salvation. You could have arisen this morning, said, oh, it's light outside. The sun's come up. That's like my salvation. Just worship God for your salvation. And you ask, salvation from what? That it's come to shine upon those who sit in darkness. Let's tease out a couple ways then. The sunrise is like your salvation. The sun is like your salvation. First, Jesus is the sunrise from on high. Not the place you'd expect the sunrise. The way we experience the sun is the sun sets from underneath the earth. If this is the best way to translate it, Jesus, the sunrise from on high, it tells you what? That your salvation must come from heaven. Salvation doesn't come from the earth. It doesn't come from man. It comes from Emmanuel, God with us. God has come. The sunrise from on high has come as light from heaven. Jesus is the man from heaven. Salvation doesn't come from the earth. Secondly, we are waiting for the full effects of our salvation. You got up at sunrise, you could begin to make things out, out in the yard. As the sun got up, things got brighter and brighter, and everything came to greater light. It's like that Proverbs verse, Proverbs 4.18. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until full day. The more the sun shines, the more you make sense of everything that it illumines that's along the path that you're walking. That probably tells you this about your salvation. You become a follower of Jesus. Not everything makes sense at first. You continue walking with Jesus. You learn to love Jesus, to seek Jesus, to pray to Jesus. You read his word. You fellowship with other Christians about what Jesus is like. And guess what? things become more and more clear. You flesh out your understanding. The light shines with greater and greater depth. The parameters of what you understand about God and yourself and the glory of Jesus, those keep expanding. This is normal for the Christian life. You don't start the Christian life understanding everything there is to know about it. You grow in it. Two of the things I've discovered as I've grown as a Christian that become more and more obvious that Probably should have known at the beginning, but as I grow as a Christian, more and more obvious that what? I needed to be saved by another person. I could not give God the righteousness he desired. I had to be saved by the righteousness of another, Jesus. That became more and more obvious to me as, as has the fact that I can accomplish nothing good for Jesus apart from abiding in him. I've tried. I thought I could. The longer the light has shone in my life and along my path and I'm uh, putting my heart and mind in the light of Jesus Christ, it's more and more obvious to me unless I'm abiding in Jesus the vine, I will bear no fruit of abiding good. 
and another comparison. The sunrise, like our salvation, has an end point. Daily sunrises invariably yield, what, 12, 14 hours later to a sunset. That's the goal, if you will, of the sunrise. The goal is for the sun to get up, run its course, and set. A day is coming, the Bible tells us, when the sun will rise no more. It'll set, and it will never rise again. It will have done its work. No more sun. 2 Peter 3, verse 10. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavenly bodies, sun, moon, stars, will pass away with a roar. The heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the heavens will be set on fire and be dissolved. No sun. Scientists tell you it's going to burn out in, I don't know, how many, 100,000 years? I, no. In God's economy, it will rise one day, set, it's gone. It's done. What will replace it? A better sunrise. Jesus Christ is coming, literally, from on high, coming on the clouds of heaven to shine eternally in the presence of his people. Revelation 21, 23. The city that we will live in, in the new, new heavens and the new earth, the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine upon it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. Jesus replaces the sun, no wonder the prophecies of his coming are a sun or a sunrise. The real thing is here. Every sunrise, get up and go, that tells me Jesus is coming again. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, that we would shine in your presence. So this final sunrise is anticipated by the prophets, Isaiah 60, 19 to 20. No longer will you have the sun for light by day, nor for brightness will the moon give you light. But you will have the Lord for an everlasting light and your God for your glory. Your sun will set no more. Neither will your moon wane for you have the Lord for an everlasting light and the days of mourning will be finished. It's always been God's plan to do away with the sun and the sunrise. And that will signal our return to paradise dwelling with God himself. That's the way he wants it. Revelation 22.5, there shall no longer be any night. I don't know when we're going to sleep. No night. They shall not have any need of the lamp, the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God shall illumine them. That's the ultimate human good. The presence of God, God shining on us, symbolic of sweet communion with him. So our salvation, beloved, is headed for the presence of God. No more suffering, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death, no more sin, no more sun. We'll be fully conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So no wonder Jesus said in Matthew 13, 43, the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. We will, in moral perfection, be reflecting back to one another the glory of Jesus in his righteousness 
in our presence shining like the sun. So that's the healing for which Jesus has risen in his wings. Back to the Malachi 4 passage. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. This is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The ultimate healing on his throne, pouring out his spirit, making our hearts new, making his kingdom known by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Malachi says, you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. What a great picture, right? The calves in the barn. We want to get out of here. We were born to run, born to skip. The door opens, the calves go out, skipping, running, doing what they were created to do. The resurrection secures life for you in the future to do exactly what God made you to do. Enjoy him and be human without any sin or possibility of ever sinning again. Sometime meditate on this verse. It's a whole sermon in itself. Obviously, I don't have time to look, look at it with you, but I just want to call it to your attention. One of the sons of Korah, it's Psalm 84, verses 11 and 12, puts a little capstone on the message this morning. The psalmist says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing to see withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in you. What is the ultimate trust, beloved? It's that Jesus, this sunrise, is your shield from the wrath of God due your sins. Jesus is the shield from the judgment of God. He earned that on his cross. He took your sins. He took the wrath. He took the judgment to lavish in place grace, glory. No wonder the psalmist doesn't see it as clearly as we do, looked ahead and called Jesus a sun and a shield. I just want to close with an allusion to a hymn that's in our Trinity hymnal. I actually know it because my wife taught her students this hymn as she taught at a classical Christian school in Lynchburg, Virginia, middle school science and math, but she taught them this hymn. It's by Charles Wesley. It's the hymn, Christ, whose glory fills the skies. I'll just read the first verse for us, and then I'll close in prayer reading the next two. Think about these wonderful words, perhaps summing up what we've seen this morning. Christ, whose glory fills the skies. Christ, the true and only light. Son of righteousness, arise. Triumph o'er the shade of night. Day spring from on high be near. Day star in my heart appear. Let's pray. Dark and cheerless is the morn unaccompanied by thee. Joyless is the day's return. Till thy mercies beams I see. Till thy, inward, till thy inward light impart, glad my eyes and warm my heart. Visit then this soul of mine, pierce the gloom of sin and grief, fill me radiance divine, scatter all my unbelief, more and more thyself display, shining to the perfect day. Amen. If you're able, stand with us and we'll respond.